He dances. He sings. He's a filmmaker and academician who lives in New Delhi. He shows his students how to live life large. He enjoys small treks to try on. That's a climb from Dharmakot, near McLeod Ganj in Himachal Pradesh. And that's in the foothills of the Himalayas. Then again, you may find him on a road trip to some of the most spectacular mountainous scenery in northern India. He's going to have his GoPro or camera ready for those rides. Meet Vishesh Asad, screenwriter, cinematographer, and director. He's assistant professor of photography at the National Institute of Fashion Technology in New Delhi. But let's let him tell us. Join me on an adventure, a literary romp through India. Meet me at the corner of Patchouli and Chai, where books, cinema, and conversation collide. I'm Lovelace Cook. I'll be your tour guide. Welcome to Bollywood and Books. Good morning. Good morning. So good to see you. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I'm very excited. Same here. Same here. I shaved off my head in the lockdown. I hope that's okay. No, that's fine. That's great. <laughs> I might look a little different. You look fine. I'm so, you know, I'm just delighted to have a chance to talk with you. I have followed you. I have no idea how, how we got connected on Facebook. Maybe when I was in India, maybe another time. I don't know. We must have a mutual acquaintance. Yes, I assume there is a friend of mine who's a singer. And he he, he does sing for a few uh, places around uh, Delhi. And uh, we've been in touch for a long time. Uh, I pretty much had a, a similar stint. So he was into singing and I was into dancing. And we banged into each other in one of the inter-college festivals uh, yeah. in one university and apparently we I missed my bus that night so we spent the rest of the night waiting for the bus and singing on the road that's how we got to be friends and so he's the one who's the common one between you and me what a great story you know for for, for meeting chance meetings and all of these things develop which was extraordinary I, I want to make sure I introduce you correctly and pronounce your name correctly Vishesh I'm Vishesh Azad so Vishesh stands for special so Vishesh is special in Hindi and Azad is uh, freedom. So I've often been called special freedom back in school. Wow. I think, you know what, that is, well, that's quite profound and ties in a lot with what, what I've been looking at in terms of, you know, <laughs> Indian literature and cinema and just travels along the road. I want to get a little bit of background about you. And I know you said you were born in Delhi and you you grew up in Mumbai because your dad was in the Mumbai, in the Bombay film industry. But I want to hear about you. I want to hear about your dad, but I want to hear a little bit about what you grew up with. What was it like growing up in your family? Like what was a typical day or morning like or evening? Uh, I'm glad that, you know, uh, what happened uh, in the recent lockdown is my dad turned 75 last to last year. And I've been wanting to make a film on him. It's, it's like a film on a filmmaker. Because yes. I always wanted, I've always been through that uh, whole lens of, uh, you're a filmmaker's son, so are you half of what he is? 
because I went to film school. He didn't go to any film school. Um, so yes, probably I can I can give you a quite a quite a little story out on it. I grew up in Bombay. I think I my my eyes open and I remember my early days in Bombay, which is a very fast moving city compared to Delhi. Delhi has a lot of time for celebration. Delhi has a lot of time to sit and chit chat and all of that. Delhi believes to take it slow, but Bombay is very professional. You can party till four in the morning, but six o'clock, seven o'clock, you're on the set doing your job. So uh, in that city, uh, when I started to realize that my I'm, I'm in a family where my father is a filmmaker, and I was studying in a convent school called Sacred Sacred Art Boys High School in Khar, and I was among the best. I was a little into sports. I was a lot into music and dancing. They say it's in the genes. I didn't quite believe that at that point of time because I wanted to test it. <laughs> I didn't want to take it uh, uh, without any confrontation. So in my growing up years, I had my own uh, instant uh, incidents with getting a tune out on a situation or being very open and confident in a crowd and dancing. Uh, they tell me when I was really small, I went down to a hotel with my father. But a lot of film stars were dancing, and uh, I pulled my father and said, "I want to dance." And I was just in the middle of a lot of film stars, just doing my thing, not caring about anybody. That's when he realized that maybe he should put me into a dance school, and he probably into a dance school. So dancing was my thing. I grew up believing I'm going to go to Broadway or some or some place like that, and I could really put my headphones on at that time. And dance on a bus stop. I didn't care about the world. That's one thing I took very honestly with me. I didn't quite like, or probably, if I can say, not appreciate the film story around me because my father was never there. Uh, in reality, he was working very hard to make it where he was. Though he was a excellent uh, craftsman in his in his work as a director, uh, he had a very giving nature, very accommodating nature. Nobody in my entire lifetime has asked me, or for us, have we never seen him shout? So he's a very silent person. I don't know how he could pull that off with on a set of 500 people without shouting. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so he was a very silent, accommodating, smiling person who made his way through the film industry. Ran out of second year in graduation from Delhi while he was doing theater because he was uh, infatuated with the film industry. Landed up into Bombay, uh, got into touch with some very big names. V. Shantaram is a big name in India, and refused to work with them because they were paying salaries to newcomers. He said, "I want to, you know, do something very quickly. I can't get into a bond of for two years and work for you for a salary." So, with all these inhibitions, I was growing up doing my own thing, trying to keep myself away from cinema, oh, wow. but I couldn't help being in the middle. I was always there in the local festivals, dancing on stage, or painting, or singing in the uh, Christmas uh, functions at school. And uh, there we are. Uh, in my twelfth, uh, I was already making some tiny videos with a friend's camera, but I was very sure I'm not going to get into the film industry because wake up with him not there, and go to sleep with him coming later. That had a bitter feeling to me. And also that he worked for a good 35 years in the industry. He made some good 17, 18 feature films. Worked for the Indian government. Worked with the Indian Film Censor Board. He's done a bit. Uh, I mean, I can say he's done a lot 
but he didn't quite get there right personally in his personal life he was always struggling uh, we were in a rented accommodation so all my growing up years had these things and i had a fear of this city that i ha- i need to have a very strong financial background to be somebody in this city it's all be a city which is very larger than life i'm sure probably through my perspective any city can be larger than life if you put somebody of that age into that thinking or that spot inside i was bursting with art but on the outside i was very scared to do it to go out to go ahead and do it i started earning some pocket money right from class 6 and i started paying my own fees buying my own clothes buying my own toys or whatever you want to call it and uh, 2012 is eventually when my father and my family decided they're going to go back to delhi because that's where we belong and they spend whatever the life span that they wanted to spend in that city now they want to go back and have a good life have a relaxed life he had joined the indian film censor board we came back i joined the delhi university which is a very happening place i got into a college called kirodi mal college in delhi university this is a place where amitabh bachchan is a very iconic star in india comes from uh if i can say he is the marlin brando of india right <laughs> with a husky voice and a strong yeah presence i was pretty fascinated with the performing arts scene in delhi it was bigger than in bombay because bombay everybody is very commercial and, and confident but delhi not everybody is that very you know commercial and confident in their personality so i was easy it was easy for me coming from bombay i could easily get into the crowds i was ragged on every canteen table and i made a lot of friends on my first day because i could sing i could dance i could mimic i could do this i could i could just make fun of myself and i got into the film society i got into the theater society of college i got into the music society of college i got into the dance society of college and everybody back home got really worried are you going to study or you're just going to do that <laughs> i told them that uh, art has a place in me if i don't have it on my desktop i'm going to do that in the bus i'm going to do that on the canteen table so there's no way i'm going to let go of it because i started to feel a lyrical a lyricism in my life in my thinking in my uh, vocabulary in my approach towards people i was musical i was rhythmic i had a funny bone after a bachelor's in english literature from kirodimal college I went on to do a masters in mass communication from Jamia. A Jamia University is uh, one of the well-known universities in India for filmmaking. And uh, I got through the interview. I was making my first film again very very shaken by, by how on earth am I doing this? I always wanted to run away from this. Then what am I doing? It went on to do well. It went to some film festivals, some student film festivals. I got connected to a festival called the Ocean Film Festival which and I featured in the top 50 Asian filmmakers and I was now re- getting really worried that 2 years later I need to get a job for the fun of it for the love of it everything's fine everything's going crazy but how am I going to earn out of this because I really wanted to relieve my father out of his duties so 2007 is when I featured on one of the festivals in India I thought that I'm going to make films I'm not going to stop that. Let's find a parallel way of balancing my act, getting being responsible and earning for the family as well. Incidentally I was teaching dance at a dance school near college. Teaching also came very naturally to me and I got an opportunity to 
be at a university for a dance competition and i just i won that competition i came out of the backstage and i saw a poster vacancy for a faculty in scripting and without a thought i just went up to the faculty lounge and i knocked and i introduced myself hello my name is vishesh and i've seen a poster that talks about you need a person who want to can teach scripting in film they said everything's all right but what's with your look why are you in a dance costume and i told them no no i'm sorry i've just i've just been here for a dance uh, event and uh, i saw that poster i could stop myself so they called me over i got into this place i started teaching film and i think that rest is history so i've been teaching cinema i've been teaching photography for close to 12 years now and i make films for the love of the game i put them across film festivals we've done some national award winning films i think my cinema is more conversational nobody dies or whatever no gunshots in my movies it's slightly non bollywood or what we call in india the parallel cinema uh, the cinema of the common man where uh, there, you talk about middles there is no starts and ends so that's me i love to dance i love to be in the nature and i find time to do it i've just been inspired watching seeing your photos and the little videos on facebook and i thought this guy is so comfortable in his own skin and he is so creative there is it, it you exude the creativity in all of these areas and when i saw a dance clip there was a short dance clip with your students i thought good god you know he is really a great dancer i think that with with the creativity you just called it lyrical or lyricism you you just embody that in your life and what you're doing i think it was my calling if i if i didn't do that i would have been that one kid uh, sitting in the corner in school because mm-hmm. i was already going through a lot of i am assuming today a lot uh, in my head as a kid because uh, i remember people talking to me in a in a manner saying that your father's a filmmaker that's what you do um, that's what you're wearing that's what you carry so the way people judge you in society i was i was almost starting to prepare for it that my first step in a, when i enter a room i need to blow the me the gathering away i need to be at the center of everything i need to talk to people i need to be loud today maybe i think there is uh, maybe there's a little more than needed there's a little more electricity running in me but my students enjoy it they feel that i am their age they feel they can relate to me when they talk to me about it and i feel happy that i can reach out to that kind of a audience and uh, that's that's a nice feeling i say that i thought are you familiar with the pod piper who who attracts people <laughs> i thought this guy <laughs> this guy you know you're you've got your students going up into the mountains you're doing all these incredibly exciting things with them and you you have this magnetism that draws your students to you and that's that's really obvious to me too from just from following you so if you think it's too much electricity i don't think so i think it's fantastic you know i i i had a small stint in a call center in my vacations in my after first year and i was calling up the us so obviously i was too fast you know like the us i was too fast while talking and i got i got a pat on my shoulder from my team leader and he told me you got to go slow you got to go slow you're too fast and you're too happy and energetic for the time in the morning <laughs> people are going to be relaxed that's just part of me i i just tend to forget when i'm with, when i'm enjoying myself i i think that's that's incredible do you still have the beautiful royal enfield motorcycle 
that you had? Oh no, um, I bought it secondhand, right? It was out of my first salary when I joined the university that I told you about. And uh, when I went to buy it, my hands were really shaking because I had not held kind of money in my hands ever. So I gave those, the, the, I gave my money to my friend and asked him to count and give it to the guy. And I bought back home that beast and I fell in love with it. And it's like, I think it's like a very common story for every teenager. The bike makes, the wind on your face makes you feel like you're free. And in my most... Um, dark or whatever hard times i would just be with my bike keep washing it keep cleaning it taking it to places but 2012 uh, and 14 my father suffered a heart attack and a paralytic attack so i had to eventually buy a car so i went on and bought a car and then i used to get get the feeling that i i love this thing so much this can bring happiness to somebody rather than just standing in my shed so I went on, I uh, uh, sold it away to another young boy who painted, spray painted it and he's in my Facebook list and he travels to Ladakh and I'm really happy to see my bike going places. I love to see you going places too with the bike and, and I'm sorry to hear, you know, that your dad had a heart attack and that's very frightening, you know, to to see was, your, yes. your parents when you, you know, they are embody strength and then when you see them getting older that's why i just admire things oh i wish i could dance like that well i've, I've equally seen amazing photographs on your profile you've had uh, if i can say that you've had a life one would want to live look at you you've been so uh, energetic yourself thank you Times that I see you traveling and talking about um, so many places that you've been around in your posts and the kind of affection you have for people around you and when you write about things. But I think generally the world is now getting closer. We are all realizing that we need to be there for each other. I agree completely. And I think that, you know, I've been very concerned because of COVID in India. And I'm, you know, I'm looking at India and thinking, oh, when you said you were getting a cold at one point, I just panicked. I thought, oh my gosh, I hope, you know, because there's the, we get the news and it sounds terrible. When things shut down throughout the world, we have actually, our, our worlds, I feel like have expanded rather than shrunk because we have an opportunity our horizons are much broader as a result of technology zoom or whatever meth you know whatever you you're using tell me a little bit about how things are in delhi right now new delhi delhi has gone through a second wave it's um, it's now in a much better state right now Good. the the point is that the second wave really forced us to think whether things should be in our hands or not. So a lot of us have, uh, if I can say that for Delhi, are now, if, you have, if you're talking about COVID, people are making sure that they do the right thing. But the problem here is with the kind of um, crowd and the kind of, you know, the kind of space and the equation of crowds in that space in the city, it tends to get a little dense. And it's difficult for you to be, you know, to have that social distancing, to be away from people. Also for the cultural <laughs> uh, nerve inside you to go ahead and just jump and hug people and, you know, shake hands and be close to people. 
uh, the kind of distance has never been there. It's difficult for people to get that into your skin. But the second wave, I, uh, this time, it was visibly there because you could hear people in your distant circle, in your acquaintance falling. You could hear people going to the hospital. A very good friend of mine, uh, she's a mother of two, has two, uh, has a very young baby, uh, was away from her children for 14 days and used to call her every day, pep her up. She was trying to do her best sketch and sing. And, but we could see her, you know, coughing and, you know, gasping for breath. So uh, Delhi has been through its worst. I'm assuming we've learned our lesson and things are not going to be as bad again because people are getting vaccinated. Okay. A good lot of percentage of people have already been through it and assuming that uh, we're developing the antibodies. But COVID has been a great time to shut your doors from society. Look into yourself. A lot of people that I know have now developed the whole idea of writing to themselves or writing for that matter. The stress levels have been now, they have been given some attention. Ideally, you didn't have the time for it. The only time you would unwind was driving back home because it's a logger jam back home. You're just listening to music and doing what you want, talking to your best friend on the call. But now people are making sure they take time for themselves, doing those little things that they thought is not required, like giving some time to that plant on the balcony or just, just going ahead with a small little hobby they had left back years back ahead. So these things are really coming back. I'm really happy to see that. Also, that now people are very active. You see everybody is now really concerned taking those late night walks or early morning walks. Everybody is finding their own little time to do their bit. That's nice. It was really nice to see not just Delhi, but people from far away cities and countries to call you back at this moment of time. Because I made a film long back. My first film is titled Ugly Red Lights a Left. Left from the first light. Because the left turn is free. So that film was metaphorically about the attitude and mannerisms we develop when we see there is a free left turn. So people start taking you for granted. That's a left turn you can always take. And I, my second film I made after that film was a film called Pichli Red Lights a Right. It's a film that talks about a cut that you've missed and you don't go back to that long U-turn because you think it's just too far away. You just want to go forward. You want to go ahead. And I realized what I made in that film when I saw what was happening to our lives. People went back that extra mile to say sorry, to say we love you, to say we care, to say we are there. And realizing that it's not necessary to go forward all the time. There can be times when you can just stand still and be yourself. You have a huge heart. <laughs> the way that you reach out to people. Going back to what you said about parallel, the parallel cinema, that you are really, I, th I think that to me is very appealing to be talking about the common man, the common life. And that's, you know, I wrote you that I was watching the television series, Malgudi Days. Oh, I just love it. I love it because it's the real life. You also mentioned when you first made your films that your hands were just, it's like, what have I gotten myself into? What am I doing? Yes, um, filmmaking I think today is far easier than my father's times because you're working on film negative. You need a certain amount of skill sets to uh, how to load a film on a camera, how to get the film uh, developed, how to, uh, in fact, film editing was not as easy. It was also a costly affair. Today with the 
digital camera coming in uh, things are getting compact things are getting easy i can just be with my camera and walk through a street without getting noticed without pulling a crowd so i can be on locations the light is now easy to capture because a film negative works with 10 times more light than the digital negative plus the crew has now shrunken you can hold a like a, the ones that i have with me you can have a wireless mic that i can put on to your collar or like a shotgun mic i can put on my camera and things are easy i can just vlog in the mountains holding a gopro or something so i'm really also working on a phd around the whole topic of how amateur vloggers are using portable equipment to define a destination image so people are now traveling to far lands with no really hard bound skill sets of filmmaking no grammar of filmmaking but they're developing their own grammar of handheld camera the glitch the cut the shake which is a new grammar in its own sense and uh, handhelding their stories and talking through their tiny tricks so uh, i'm trying to work a phd around it so what i've tried, i've tried to felt in that time if i compare the times of my father and the times when i started filmmaking we have moved ahead in terms of technology especially post production because in post production today you have a lot of drag and drop filters things are not as manual if you want to place a fade out or a dissolve or a superimpose uh, you could you have, you have to manually do it i'm fine i'm just imagining in my father's time it was that more times tougher because you're doing with film negative you can't just copy of a negative when you're in the editing room but in today in digital times you can just right click make a copy and go ahead for the past 2 years i've been using adobe premiere pro but i've grown up on fcp but the fcp uh, the final cut pro uh, recent version has a lot of drag and drop uh, mechanism or design which for if i may say a much more professional approach is not too apt because you're going frame by frame a key frame you're checking all your key frames and cuts and all those layers you're working in 10 layers 20 layers so i think uh, the final cut pro software version right now 10 or 12 available right now it's very good for people who are learning to edit because you can there's magnetic timelines you can just drag and drop and work but if you need more detailed work premiere pro has a better interface uh, i must tell you editing is a very organic process if i can see you smile i will wait for those extra 2 seconds to have that smile on and you you get that instinct to have a cut you talked about the things that ignite your senses that just it's amazing that you have made i think you said 18 short film short films and one film festivals that your films are more conversational talk to me a little bit about par- the parallel films versus bollywood which is a lot of flash yes yes uh, if you see bollywood uh, i don't think anybody has to be introduced to bollywood in india bollywood and cricket as they say run in the blood pretty much on the background it's always there it never stops running uh, you grow up there's a song for every time in your life as they say in bollywood uh, plus bollywood is the kind of fashion statement it has always been i think cinema all across the world has been that way it has been feeding the masses with a very direct kind of a morality and also very indirect kind of you know content is there always there so bollywood if i'd like to define i would always say bollywood has that quality to imbibe all different cuisines or recipes and that's why i say that 
anybody can have appetite for bollywood because you'll have a little of drama melodrama in it you'll have a little action in it you'll see a horror film where somebody's falling in love with somebody very unnatural for a film student because you're trying to write a very serious context and suddenly you need a song there why do you need a song there but i think that comes from the epics in india if you see the mahabharata and the ramayana the two strong epics which are influences of bollywood we had also studied that there are five influences of bollywood in our college time i'll get to that if you want but yes. mahabharata and ramayana have a very strong plot structure so there's a story within a story and the narration and the presentation of these epics over years have been vocal or verbal so you have a verbal lineage of your grandmothers telling you small incidents about or small mini stories within a story and they'll probably one time they'll tell a lullaby to you they'll sing it to you so now you see the same content content is now being sung to you the same content when you like it you're watching a play at a temple in south india you'll have a huge chorus or a narrator enacting it for you or a huge get up of the ravana or the antagonist of the epic presented in that manner so the whole idea of having a narrator in what in india we call the sutradhar the telling becomes more important than the story and that is where when the telling becomes important you're trying to just experiment with the cuisines and with the whole flavor of it that is where bollywood gets its masala the word that they use masala means it is a mixed bag of so many things you can't really define a genre for it but when i was studying bollywood and also seeing my father's films i felt that these films had a certain production quality that they required so to be in a bollywood film you are always in a situation which is larger than life you're standing and in the rain in a large wide angle camera this long violin violin playing in the back that would happen to you in real life no when you're sad so i used to wonder why is why is this why doesn't this feel so real and that is the times when i got addicted to the parallel cinema of india which uh, like any other new wave around the world got a movement that wanted to denounce the mainstream cinema it didn't have the money for mainstream it didn't have the audience for mainstream so it started telling the stories that were really really important if they would not told tell those stories those stories would be dead and they also started to make characters more real life not very cardboard characters not everybody is a cop not everybody can punch five people in the face not everybody can sing around the tree so the idea persona of the hero was now given a back seat and you had a protagonist who was life like who had the real life problems of india and these parallel filmmakers were actually addressing problems of what india was going through first the partition the whole divide then the famine similar casualties in india but then the never dying struggle of the middle class the working class of india and their lives of how they enjoy the little breeze when they walk on the sea front or they just having a small cone of beans and just having a little chit chat about life and they see faces in the clouds and that means everything to them so that was a very uh, i would say very beautiful way of storytelling that i was trying to picture in these kind of films and those times you i saw a few filmmakers i got really inspired by them and i started to make my own write my own scripts and write my own ideas 
when you say talk about parallel cinema of india which is also the middle cinema of india it is not dependent on music we'll not say that it doesn't have songs it would have songs sometimes the songs are a dream or an abstract a scene but the songs are not uh, based on a certain publicity stunt right but when you make a bollywood film there are some essentials you need to check some boxes if you don't have a, a superstar song with a dance number how are you going to attract the television audience how are you going to attract so there are some obvious reasons bollywood has been that way it has been that gala landscape and there are some obvious reasons why parallel cinema the middle cinema of india very inspired from the italian new realism and buying some tricks from the french new wave the noir vogue has made its way through but today we are very glad that the two streams are now coming together and you have very good content being told in a not very unreasonable way so i like to make films about about these things uh, recently i'll just keep it very short we made a film about two strangers wake you know uh, who don't know each other but wake up each morning having the same dream so they get to meet in a party and they get to be friends with each other so i've been writing on those lines of how to talk about films which are not really very you know political movements or big big things in society we recently again made a film about three different strangers waking up at three mysterious locations one morning and wondering how they got there it's like uh, you waking up in your room and me waking up on a boat in the ocean and both of us are wondering how did we get here so apparently we had downloaded an app last night who was driven by krishna which who which is an indian god who drives you according to your karma according to your deeds in life he drops you to your destined locations according to what you've done in life so i seem to be that person who never made those choices i get dropped in the middle of the ocean nowhere to go you've been taking the right choices you get dropped back home so these are the kind of films that i keep writing right three people waking up meeting a taxi driver wondering next day was that a driver was that god who brought me back i don't know so i like to keep it open ended and enjoy it i see life that way when you talk about the nuances of of life and what you're interested in i think that to me is is really a fascinating area because just dealing with our day to day to dealing with the real problems of life the real things that people go through the struggles that everyone goes through and you've alluded to that just a little bit you've mentioned the difficult times you mentioned taking off on your bike and maybe driving into the himalayas you have gone through your own struggles with first of all being the son of a filmmaker and i i know what it's like to work on a set i know that it's all consuming it's a full day i've worked on productions but you've talked about overcome you've overcome those difficulties and you've just continued to exude all of this positive energy to me it feels there's almost this magic quality to your life and to what you're doing it's very different to me from things in the states in the USA there's just the mysticism and magic of india is fascinating to me 
uh, back here i i would just plainly call it survival mechanism you <laughs> yeah because there's so much around you and you also want to be part of so much around you the never dying idea of you know um, as people would like to say it uh, there is an indian quote that says har ek aadmi mein hote hain 10 20 aadmi jise bhi dekhna kai baar dekhna which means whenever you see somebody that person might have 10 to 20 shades so you need to give it time you need to look at that ponder at that person those many times every time you see that person you will find a new side so i think that's the that's the way india has probably uh reasoned with its culture tell me something is there anything that i really haven't asked you a lot of questions but is there anything that you want to discuss that maybe i haven't brought up that you want to tell people who are looking or listening yes i i really think that i started my life out with this whole big agenda of either being a filmmaker or a, or a dancer at a at a big level uh but i think time has uh, shown me a lot and today when i look at myself i've been trekking up to this mountain back in himachal for about a decade now and i've been wanting to make a film on this mountain it's, it's a very ordinary trek in india and i have this feeling lately that the whole idea with being yourself it comes to you after a certain time it takes time for you to realize that you've been running so fast that you don't want to just sit under a tree in the afternoon and you know think about it so i probably i'm in those that gray area for that moment just like waiting for godo uh, it's uh, estrogen and vladimir sitting and <laughs> having a conversation whether to go or not to go when i heard many years later that my father had began his he began his career in a hollywood film it was a film called 9 hours to rama by uh, uh, mark robson i was wondering uh, can somebody as you know as common as him who's a nobody who had no formal training in film uh re- go out to bombay change a city live there get a family live a dream right and still be content and happy about it it takes a lifetime for all these things and the whole point is that he uh, he was always so connected to people around himself around him in a society i really felt that i i, I am doing that now in my classroom when i sit down with these young minds who are facing so such tremendous stress such tremendous stress from the virtual lives that they're living online because the you know, the glamour that instagram and facebook and all of these things can offer you takes you to a takes you to a high and when that high is not that omnipresent in your real circle when you shut down your laptop it bec- it hits them very hard and they are they are pretty young for it to handle it so when i i realize maybe maybe i'm not going to do that big i'm not going to be that big like my father move off to another city make a film with a crew of 1000 people like huge stars working in my films but what i really find interesting is still going ahead with my films which are talking about these lives because these lives also matter more than that inspiring them to make films about themselves or writing about themselves or understanding what a photograph can be to an for eternity and not just taking photograph because of the digital medium you can take 20 in a click 
right and but also love fall in love with the whole romance of what it used to be probably in your times when you were shooting with the kodak roll and there was uh, a lot of thinking that went behind everything and a lot of patience and how we all fell in love with our albums and we used to sit and show them to people who came to our houses i think my phone and your phone today have a zillion images that we don't revisit <laughs> or scroll down to but the albums yeah, that we have back in our houses it's such a joy to sit together on a cold evening and you know sit and talk about it and it's so i i really want to talk to them and i find that very intriguing to talk to these young and creative people of what they can do with technology but also to draw the line where they stop being dependent on it right they also need to also realize that there has to be an off screen time and when they go out and play in the mud and when they go out and cycle in the wind and when they lose out there when they throw away their umbrella in the rain that romance or that that is the real times you enjoy a life i want to really if i can say if it's too early maybe but i want to dedicate my life to this and thankfully i have a lot of people a lot of friends around me who are really passionate for their art and uh, i've we always find time to sit together and we make sure that we have a gathering every month and we probably go for a small trek pitch a little tent sing in the open sky you keep connect be connected to the nature that's and very importantly covid has started taught us the same thing well i think what you're doing is incredible and just so you know it's a wonderful goal to be able to share that especially with as you said with everything that appears to be so uh, exciting on on instagram or with facebook or whatever social media but to be in touch with nature to be in touch with oneself to just enjoy life enjoy the little things in life where can people find you online Oh I've been playing smart on that I'm not quite <laughs> available at right now I do have a um, a place where I put a lot of my work but most of that is hidden because I like to show my uh, work to a lot of intimate audiences mostly my films I like to put that across in film screening certainly if if you want it that way I can uh, send across some links of my films that would be great yeah I can do that Uh, and most of my films uh, uh, once i've made them a lot of people tell me i with me it's never the product it's always the process if i fall in love with them and they're still going on in my head those characters are still moving they're going places yeah but i'm soon planning to launch uh, a youtube channel uh, with the name of my father with the banner that he used in his production which is named on me it's called vishesh pictures so i'm going to soon uh, yeah i'm going to soon put up a channel uh, probably on his birthday this year in september and i am also putting together a vlog on his life a four part series on uh, bombay and cinema and how my father uh, a really uh, ordinary boy from old delhi ran off to bombay in a very filmy uh, story a very bollywood kind of a story made his life and uh, still date he's so excited if you he's 77 today and if you tell him uh, we're going to watch a film and he's ready before you are he's at the car before you are and he's very excited so i think there is something that is uh, that the love of cinema runs in him that nobody can you know you can you can get in between those two things so i'm planning to do something like that and uh, once i do that i think it's a lot of responsibility putting up a channel 
then you need to have a lot of content being generated and being posted regularly but most of my content is for film festivals and for uh, student films in my classroom but yes i i'm planning to do that maybe in a year or maybe this year is going to be out there well i think you're right about content it's and it's difficult when you're trying to do several things at once to deliver the content i just want to say thank you so much fishish i'm this has been so much fun for me your energy just inspires me i really appreciate your taking time to talk with me thank you i'm i'm very happy to speak to you and i really hope we can host you back in india and maybe i can we can sing and dance together it is so exciting i don't know if my body can do it <laughs> oh don't worry you can leave that on me okay <laughs> leave that to me <laughs> well thank you i really appreciate it like i said i you you inspire me you are a very wise person you bring so much to uh, to this world so keep making those films get that youtube channel out there i'm very happy that you are going to do a story on your father in my experience working on films was like running away to join the circus it, it, it's it, it is extraordinary but you've experienced that too so i look forward to seeing that and i just want to say thank you i'm just really really happy that somehow along the way we encountered one another same here and you're welcome same here Thanks to Glasgow resident Jonathan Chapman, classically trained musician, artist, website designer, and a really great guy who introduced me to Edinburgh-based Red Note Ensemble and their album Reels to Rollers, whose music you're listening to with renowned tabla player Kuljit Bamra. For more information, see the show notes at bollywoodandbooks.com for East Truly Meets West.